0: So when L.A.'s very own Eddie Levy and Sari Arambulo pitched an idea for a companion podcast to the team at Peacock to appease the loyal fans, something magical happened. Peacock knew they found their very first podcast. It was, as they say in Hollywood, green-lit, with the two perfect hosts to match. Eddie and Sari made a commitment they wouldn't dare break, because if you don't dream big... Never know if your dreams can happen.
1: Good morning, Whitlock High. Sarika Sarkar here, taking over today's morning announcements to inform you that I am immediately starting a petition to demand that I am heard first on every future episode of this podcast. Because I'm always right, and people who are right should go first. Um, I was just told that this is apparently the last episode of the season. I guess I'll just let your hosts take it from here. And remember, I dissent. Ugh, fine. I'll say it, I'll say it. Grab the day by the horns.
2: Welcome back to AP Bio, the podcast. I'm Eddie Levy.
3: And I'm Sari Arambolo. And we've made it to the final episode of Season 3, Katie Holmes Day.
2: The magic of Katie Holmes. I feel her presence with us today. A Holmes on your head.
3: In the season finale, it's Katie Holmes Day, Toledo's most cherished holiday. To avenge Mayor Cups of Cabbage for not letting her play Katie Holmes in the annual pageant, Marissa plans to ruin the holiday with Jack's help.
2: However, Jack soon has a change of heart when he experiences the magic of Katie Holmes Day himself. Meanwhile, Helen helps Durbin prep for his big scene in the pageant while Mary, Steph, and Michelle hold a silent auction.
3: I am so excited to, to break down this episode with you because this one was probably one of our highest production episodes to date. So what were your first thoughts when you got the script?
2: Yeah, I I loved the script. Even on the page, it really jumped out to me for our writers and for Mike to have this really original idea to create a new holiday In our world in Toledo was so exciting for me. So I was really pumped when I read this script. I thought it was really something special. What about you?
3: Yeah, I mean, I knew that this was going to be a really fun one to shoot just because of the. I remember reading all the different scenes and the colors, and it was just. One of those those episodes, you were like, wow, this is going to be a standout episode.
2: And the traditions were crazy from sticking your hand in one of the buckets, whether it's a bucket of pudding or the tiny crab to remind you that, you know, <laughs> yes! your dreams hurt. <laughs> All of these little crazy traditions, they're so clever and they're so funny. And everything was so comprehensive in Katie Holmes, too, especially the color palette. And I think costumes in particular really had a lot of work to do to encapsulate all of that into our wardrobe right
1: and here we have phoenix Mello to tell us a little more my name is phoenix Mello, and i am the costume designer for ap bio season three well we i had an amazing team and we all pulled together and shopped and We basically provided the entire Katie Holmes holiday. Mike and Shelly chose the colors for the holiday, gold and green, and so from there, I had to do a lot of research into Katie Holmes and her background of movies and characters that she's played and her personal style. And I created these mood boards with all the different things that I was inspired by that felt like either the characters in our scripts or Toledo, the small town, just getting inspiration for the types of looks I was going to go for for the cast. And I just wanted to create that excitement and joy to everything and to also make Jack really annoyed um, at everybody's (laughs) joy about this actress. Also, just to make him feel like an outsider because he isn't into the holiday at all
3: oh yes i remember showing up at our wardrobe fitting and seeing so many sparkles and yellow and green and really taking on that holiday and fun fact it was really really interesting that wardrobe phoenix mellow um, our wardrobe designer she actually had pictures of katie holmes day characters that she wanted uh, to emulate for a couple of the, of the girls in the AP bio classroom. So I know that Allison, for example, was dressed as, um, the Katie Holmes character from, uh, pieces of April. And then I was dressed as Katie Holmes in disturbing behavior, which is so on brand for grace. So just going back to that, like just the little details, like that sort of nuance and specificity is what makes this show so great.
2: Yeah, it's always just fun to see everyone's wardrobe. I was really excited. My slogan t-shirt said Dawson's freak, which was really (laughs) appropriate.
3: And then you had that awesome wig.
2: Yes, I was so excited to wear, um, you know, a wig, which just felt very Anthony. And I was, I was so impressed with, with all the details. And I think, you know, then leading us to sort of the big, climactic scene um, in the town square. I mean, that was quite a night for us as well.
3: Oh my goodness. Yes. It was a night shoot, which was very different from what we usually shoot. I mean, mean, typically we just shoot at, we start around like 6 a.m. and then we're wrapped around 8 p.m. But this was very different for AP Bio where we had to shoot at night. So, Eddie, you can if you want to walk the listeners through kind of what a night shoot is like.
2: Yeah, so essentially, the later when you get your call sheet for a night shoot, the later your call time essentially means the later you're going to be there um, into the night. So we had a a fairly late call time, like I feel like we got there around four or five p.m., which we knew we were going to be in for quite the night. (laughs) But you know, they essentially they need it to be dark. This was um, a pageant that took place at night, so they really can't shoot anything until it is dark out and again to have a combination of the night shoe and such a large production where it's not only the core cast but all of the background actors and again just you know this this like holiday everything that came with the holiday you know it was such a production and there's so many moving pieces so i think in a in a day like that you really just have to be ready for anything
3: yeah definitely
2: also for me it was really inspiring because on the pageant stage there was a sign that said dream big and for me i i I don't know it just sort of hit me i was like wow this is so cool we're on the third season of a show whoever thought we would still be here and (laughs) what i love the most about this holiday is that it was encouraging people like Katie Holmes to dream big and go after your dreams and to be on this set with you and all of our friends. Just, it, it felt really special.
3: Definitely. The magic of Katie Holmes. All right, everyone
1: shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut your mouth.
2: Shut up. Shut your mouth. Shut up.
3: Our next guest is the definition of a boss-ass bish. Boss babe, lady boss, you get the idea. For real, she is doing it all. Anu Valia is an award winning writer and director. Her short film won the Jury Prize for US Fiction at the Sundance Film Festival in 2018. She has gone on to direct episodes of hit shows like ABC's Mixed Ish, Netflix's Never Have I Ever, and Hulu's Love Victor, just to name a few. Please welcome Anu Valia. <laughs> so let's just jump right in. Uh, we always love to start by asking our guests what were you like in high school?
0: Okay, I loved high school. I enjoyed it a lot. I went to a really, really small school um, on the south side of Chicago. There were, I think a hundred and forty kids in my entire high school. It was a really small school and, and everybody knew each other and there was it was just kind of like there I bet you other people at my school would say differently and maybe they did not have this experience, but I felt like everybody just kind of knew each other and it felt very familial, which I liked. And I, I don't think I would have survived at a big school because I would have been eaten alive. <laughs> I liked school so much, you know? Um, I, yeah, I, I think I like loved theater. And once I discovered theater, I was it once I discovered that I could be in my body and enjoy, I was like "In baby
2: I would actually love to hear going off of that it sounds like you did have some theatrical roots in high school but how did did that have any part in sort of evolving into wanting to have a career as a filmmaker I would love to hear sort of how how that came to be
0: Definitely, Um, I really wanted to act, but at the time, I'm Indian American. At the time, I just kind of felt like there wasn't—I wasn't going to get to play Juliet when I grew up. In because I came of age when Romeo and Juliet, Baz Luhrmann's version, was a big hit, and I wanted to be able to do that. But I didn't see the path for me because there were—I didn't see myself a lot. I do think that's changing, which is great because. That's incredible. and I. Um, but I felt as a filmmaker, once I discovered directing, I was like, oh, I get to tell the whole, I get to tell uh, the story the way I want to, a story the way I want to tell it. And I found a lot of freedom in that. And mm-hmm. so when I was in high school, maybe in middle school, I really realized I wanted to be a filmmaker. I wanted to be a director and then a filmmaker specifically. And And then once I realized that, I just kind of like was always looking to make films but it's hard because it's expensive Yup. <laughs> <laughs> so bad
2: <laughs> you had something very significant happen to you in 2018 with Sundance. Yes. so i would love to hear a little more about what that was like for you um that whole experience
0: guys so this story, I can't believe I get to tell this story and that it relates directly to AP Bio. This is such a wonderful gift. i 17. So I made this short called Lucia Before and After. And it's about, it's like follows this woman who's um, trying to get an abortion in Texas and she has to travel 300 miles to get an abortion. And it takes place over like a 24 hour period. It's a very serious, like kind of experimental short. Um, and... I made it and it got into Sundance and as like a fan, like went to film, I was like this film school nerd. I was like, Oh my God, I got into Sundance. So exciting. And then, you know, they have these awards again, it's a short film. So it's not like, it's not like a feature or anything, but they, there's a jury and the jury's comprised of three people. And I remember seeing that one of the jurors was Patton Oswalt. Fast forward to he was one of the jurors that chose my film and awarded it a prize at Sundance. And wow. that was the catalyst. I mean, a lot of things have happened since then and it wasn't like a one to one. Like I got this award at Sundance and then got to be a professional television director. Like a lot happened in between that, but it definitely changed the course of my life. And I'm really thankful to Pat Noswell for legitimately changing my life. And so I never spoke to him again. Like thank <laughs> you for the Thanksgiving ceremony in 2017, um, I, re- I remember every second of that interaction because I was like, okay. my I was so excited. And, but I was like, oh, he probably doesn't remember me. And then when I got this job, I was like, I'm so excited. I can't wait to tell him that, as, I can't wait to tell him our connection. And, um, I went up to him and I was like, he was so nice to me, but I don't think he recognized me. And he was like, Pat and I have to tell you something. And I was like, I don't know if you remember, but you were a juror at Sundance 2017 and his eye, he like, his whole face changed and I was like, you legitimately changed my life. <laughs> oh, I have chills. It was so, Truly so nice to me without knowing that. But when he knew, he was he got kind of emotional. And it was so nice to kind of meet him on our show and get to thank him. And that like the reason I was there was because of him years ago. And it was really exciting. That is Look such
3: up. a beautiful, full-circle moment. And anew, we actually noticed from your impressive resume that you've done quite a few high school shows. You've done an episode of Love, Victor on Hulu, as well as a few episodes on Never Have I Ever, which is on Netflix, and now AP Bio. So we have a fun fact for our listeners that AP Bio and Never Have I Ever actually use the same set. So Anu, did you realize that when you were shooting never have I ever? Cuz this blows my mind.
0: I I did never have I ever first and we were shooting on, like on what is it? Stage, I can't remember at Universal Studios. It's a high school set and it's all, and and on my first day at never have I ever, they're like walking me through the set and they were like, "You know, maybe I shouldn't be sharing this." I think it was like our show didn't have enough money, so they took your guys' set, and maybe you didn't know you were renewed yet. I don't know. Basically, they took your set, your high school set, repainted it, and that was our ne- never-have-I-ever high school set. Mm. But mm-hmm. they got to clean some of the lockers. So I opened one of the lockers one day, and it's and I hadn't seen AP Bio yet, and it was filled with, like, tissue paper and hand sanitizer. <laughs> Do you guys know
3: what episode I'm talking about? Wait, yes. I know exactly what episode you're talking. Isn't that Eduardo's Locker, Eddie? Yes. Yes, yes, locker, yes, 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 And yes. he always has hand sanitizer in there. And I'm dying because it's just so cool that there were still remnants of AP
0: Bio while you were shooting Never Have I Ever. <laughs> <Yes>. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, like, what is this, like, God. That show seems good. Like I wonder what that show's all about. And then when I finally was like slamming these episodes, I got to that part. And I was like, oh, that's so funny. But then you guys obviously took the set back and then repainted it. So that's like the one connection I have between those two shows. This high school.
2: I love. Yes. That. <laughs> it, it was so trippy for Sari and I to watch Never Have I Ever, and see our set, because we were like, wait, those are the stairs, and the, that's the class, like, it's so very dear. interesting to watch another show using your set, and, um, I, I mean, I'm glad that they're being economical, and, you know, <laughs> killing two birds with <laughs> stone. Yeah. um, hopefully it'll just be a, in a rotation for a while, um, <laughs> where we can just go back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: actually going back to Never Have I Ever in a couple months, and so I think I'll be back on, on our shirt side.
2: Anu, you have built such an impressive resume in such a short amount of time. I personally love so many of the shows you have directed, from Love Life to Love Victor and The Other Two and Mixed-ish and everything in between. But what ultimately led you to AP Bio?
0: So I got my first opportunity doing the other two. That was the first show I ever Uh, did.
2: Brilliant, brilliant. Also one of our writers on AP Bio, um, Gilly Neeson, wrote on the other two as well. So everyone's connected. Everyone is
0: connected. (laughs) Yes, and Gilly did like a little spot on my, um, in the episode I did on the other two. And um, from there, I sort of got to do more. But I really have been very lucky to work with very kind people. And I think that's kind of like self-fulfilling prophecy because I also don't think like assholes are trying to hire this like young Indian girl (laughs) on their shows. So I've been working with really kind people. But the way I got into AP Bio was um, our beloved Oz Rodriguez. Ah, We just interviewed him. We are obsessed. Obsessed. I mean, didn't he cast you both?
2: He did cast, yes.
0: Oh, so Oz is a big believer. He might not say this because I think he's quite humble and maybe he doesn't even think about it. I'm sure he does. He's a very thoughtful person. He really is very determined to bring new people in. And, and I met him because I was interviewing to direct on SNL. I didn't get it, which is <laughs> totally good. The right people got the job. But I really like, I was like, I like him. He's so... Um, He's just an incredible director and really friendly. Puts you very much at ease, as I'm sure you guys can mm-hmm. attest. And we ran back and we ran into each other again on mixed Dish. We hadn't seen each other maybe since SNL. And then um, he he left SNL, as you guys know. And then he we ran into each other, and he was like, "You should, you know, you should be on like these shows I'm doing." And I was like, "Oh yeah, I mean." Sure. <laughs> like, he's a busy guy. He was literally working when he said that. Like he was on set and I was just watching. And then out wow. of nowhere, I just got an email and they were just like, they want to hire you for AP Bio. And I think it was because of Oz, 100%. And it was the first show I never interviewed for because I think Oz just. Wow. A straight offer. <laughs> That
3: is crazy! We absolutely love Oz, and now we have to thank him for bringing you into the AP Bio family. I didn't know that. What a great story. So moving into Katie Holmes Day, our main event, this episode is absolutely filled to the brim. There are so many moving parts, I mean, from background to night shoots to all of the elaborate sets and props used to create this holiday and anew, not only were you coming onto our show for the first time, just trying to assimilate into the flow of our show and getting used to the style and tone, all the writers and the cast, but then on top of that, to jump right into probably one of our—I mean, biggest this episodes also, I think, to date. speaks to the I testament mean, of Michael Bryan because I feel like, like
0: him and and Michael and Debbie, who are the writers, they were just so trusting. Like they were trusting that, like, okay. They're, tr- they're always trusting. I feel like they're trusting of the actors, they're trusting of the department heads and me being like completely new to the show and being starstruck by everybody. They were really like, <laughs> they were like, okay, like bring whatever. If everybody brings their best ideas to the table, we will have a funny episode. And so it was sort of like everybody was encouraged to just kind of bring their ideas because it was, you know, we were all trying to create a full-on holiday that mm-hmm. has existed before with a ton of like with games and with costumes and with like like easter eggs and it was just like you you can't go too far so keep adding and I think like the costume department and the art department really kicked ass with what they did but um it's so it feels like it's a blur I was like trying to remember I was trying to remember um specifics because I wanted to have like a story about it but it was I mean, I think all of it is totally fine. I think I was, because, again, because I'm newer, and I think some directors like to come on and really like to kind of improvise when they get to set, like, I just, there was so much I wanted to get that I came in with, like, a real plan, maybe more than I needed to have. Like, I remember in our video village, I had, like, all of these overheads of the town square when we were doing all of the town square nighttime stuff, and, like, all of these like overheads and all these angles and I think nobody needed that like it was really extra but I needed (laughs) to make sure I didn't (laughs) I was super concerned about I just felt so bad because it was like our whole cast was there and we were shooting our week we were shooting such late nights and we shot like most of the stuff in the beginning of the week which for people who don't know like If you start the beginning of the week shooting late into the night, you just keep getting later and later and later into the night. So I remember like our last day of shooting, we were shooting like daytime stuff in the school, but it was like two in the morning. I had all of these ideas and all these things I wanted to do. And we just didn't have the time. And by the end, it was just like, make sure we get everything, which you're sort of used to. I just remember that day being done and being like, well, we're done. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, it looks
3: incredible. (laughs) The the final product is just like, especially that end scene in like the town square and seeing the whole world populated with the crowd. And it's just so extravagant and really captures captures the essence of Katie Holmes Day. Um, So, well, we would love to talk about some favorite moments of this episode. I know I mentioned... Um, but do you have any specific memories of your favorite moments of this episode? Or thinking off the top of my head, I love the car montage scene <laughs> with Marissa and Glenn. Because when they are like uh, sabotaging Katie Holmes Day, yes. it just looks, it was just so fun. Like the the, like they were so sinister and like taking the shoes and what was that experience
0: like? Glenn and Marissa were so game. Oh, that does. So there was a moment where they're in the car together and they're just laughing and laughing. And it's like, by the time we were shooting the montage stuff, Glenn and Marissa were like, this is wonky. I think everyone was losing their minds a little bit. And they were just like, (gasps) like, because we were so copying like the Grinch and it was just getting into such a wild territory that... It was basically like, do whatever you want. Like you, I will rein you in, but I promise you can't go far too far. And there was a moment we're in the car and they're laughing. And it was like more, like more maniacal. And at one point I was like, Glenn, can you, I want you to like smile. He's so down by the way, like to do anything. And he was like, I was like, I want you to smile like really slowly and as wide as you can. And he was like, what are you talking about? And I showed him the image of the Grinch, and he was like, <laughs> like, he was like, okay, I'll try, but like, that's a cartoon. My face is not gonna do that. I was like, I know, just try. So he tried, but for some reason, I think it was just really late. He just couldn't get through. He just kept laughing. Like he was making himself laugh. So much. <laughs> like all he had to do was smile really slowly and as wide as he could. I don't even know if this made it into the final thing, but he just sat in that car all by himself and just did that for, I don't even know how long cause he just kept making himself laugh. And it was just, it was just sweet. Like, I feel like he's such a game actor. He's so down yeah. and he's just down to try stuff. And it was so kooky and weird and didn't make sense. And I appreciated that he was like down to play and seeing the two of them be like such little, like kind of like trolls next to each other was something that <gasps> was fun to do. Mm-hmm. So that was very fun but I also remember we had no time and I just remember being like ah, <laughs> gotta keep moving
2: oh, and i as I'm our sorry. time winds down, I do have to quickly. We have one more question for you. Um, we wanted to sort of ask you your thoughts on the current state of Hollywood. Um, as far as we know, you are the first um, woman of color to direct on AP Bio, and we are so thrilled to have you. And obviously, we are living in a very crucial moment in time where, you know, everyone is looking for change, especially when it comes to inclusion. Inclusion and diversity, and I feel like you sort of touched on this a little bit in earlier parts of the interview. But we would really let love to get your thoughts on how you feel Hollywood is doing right now when it comes to inclusion, and and what you think really needs to be done to make this industry more inclusive for everyone, and to get those different perspectives that you were talking about earlier.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's interesting because while I think things are changing for the better, I, it's not enough. And I think, mm-hmm. in my opinion, and I think that I feel very strongly that, you know, God, kind was something I saw on Twitter of like, I feel like to be very blunt, like white stories get to be told with individuality And only now are we starting to see, like, people of different races and ethnicities getting that same treatment of, like, getting to be, like, I just started Lovecraft Country, which is, like, Mm. so great and so incredible. And and I think that, like, finally you're seeing, like, you're not just seeing, like, the, okay, you're going to tell, like, we're going to put black stories in a box. We're going to put like Indian stories in a box. We're going to put like, you know, like gay stories in a box. Like these need to be like, you need to have, it's really the people who get to tell the stories. If you, it's not just about hiring people of different race, ethnicities, sexual orientations. It's about letting, in my opinion, Letting artists tell the stories they want to tell and getting out of their way. Like when I think of like the success of I May Destroy You and Fleabag, I feel like those artists just got to like tell the story they wanted to tell. And and you saw less hands kind of like tell them, oh, you have to be in a certain box. You have to do a certain thing that's expected of you. And so I think like true diversity to me is like, allow a really wide range of different people to come in and tell their stories and it doesn't have to just be like tell their one story and now let's get rid of you and like let's like now bring another like let's just use people to tell their own specific story but let artists be artists and and um i'm like maybe not being the most eloquent about it but i just i think i feel this very strongly because like i don't see myself in a box. Like I see myself as like being able to tell all sorts of stories and I'm interested in all sorts of things. And, and I want that for other artists who don't look like me and who look very different and come from different backgrounds. Cause I think there's nothing worse than you think you're like some interesting, weird, specific person and somebody else sees you as like the three things that you kind of check a box of. And so, um, I think it requires people at the very top to have some very, like, painful, honest conversations. And I think that's happening with some people, but I don't think that's happening in a lot of others. Like, I just don't think it's happening enough with the people who have a lot of money. But I also don't know. Like, I feel, um, I also don't know. I'm not talking to all these executives. I don't know what they think. Maybe they are. I don't
2: know. No, well, these <laughs> executives exactly. are hiring you, and that's a start. That's <laughs> But no, I I I I agree with everything that you said. And I think
3: yeah.
2: there is something to be said about authentically telling these stories. I feel like for a while we really got caught up in tokenism where people of color were present, but like that's not enough. It's like, are we going to also depict their experience different from their white counterpart or in a way that is not just the person of color helping build up? um you know their white counterpart and and I, I think you're right with something like i may destroy you you can just tell they were saying do whatever you want like you know go for it like really go for it and i think that mm-hmm. shows in in the product and you know i think you were so eloquent with what you just said and i i really think we all as people of color working in this industry um really need to push for more and more and more
0: absolutely that is like really the power of television and art and movies they're empathy drivers yeah
3: I mean I still remember when I saw you for the first time when you were just scouting I think or you were prepping um and I got I I I was like wow we're gonna have a woman of color as our director like it was a moment for me um I don't think I've I really have had that in this space so yeah it was I'm hopeful um for the future. If her journey of playing Marissa with two S's on AP Bio has taught us anything, it would be to never stop chasing your dreams. Take it away, 1S Marissa. Hey everyone, I'm Marissa
4: Barham and I play Marissa on AP Bio and this will be a little pop quiz to myself. Where did you grow up? Okay. So I kind of have a hard time um, answering this question because not too many people know this place where I'm from. It's a little city called Los Angeles. I'm one of the few, the proud, the weirdos that was born and raised in LA and stayed here. What high school did you go to? I went to Mira Costa High School. Go Mustangs. What is one thing you've learned about yourself while quarantining? I guess something I've learned about myself is that I am mad decent at baking. What is the appropriate way to spell Marissa? The appropriate way is one S. -S M-A-R-I-S-A. Who needs a second S? Okay, what is the difference between real-life Marissa and AP Bio Marissa? Well, I would say there are several differences uh, between uh, me, IRL, and my character, Marissa. For starters, I'd like to think that I'm a lot more talkative. Um, I'm definitely a lot more spunky and outgoing than shy, mousy Marissa. Um, But I will say... Uh, The two of us are definitely scared of a lot of things. What was your favorite moment to shoot during Katie Holmes' day? Okay, since I'm interviewing myself, I'm changing the rules, and I'm going to say two moments, if uh, that's okay. Um, First moment has got to be when Jack and Marissa are driving in the red car. Um... Who would not want to maniacally cackle with Glenn Howerton? That was maybe one of the best moments of my life. Um, and then second favorite moment, which I, I don't know, they're tied for first like favorite moment the pageant uh, moment at the end where I get to have the monologue as Katie Holmes accepting her role of Joey Potter under the big dream marquee, like the dream big marquee uh, on stage. It was so surreal, probably one of the most surreal moments of my entire life.
0: Marissa's dream has always been to play Katie Holmes and
1: you think it would be all right if Marissa said the final line.
4: Mr. Williamson, I have something to tell you. When the camera is rolling, I'll be this Joey Potter. But when you say cut, I will return to, and always be, Toledo's very own Katie Holmes. If you could create a holiday dedicated to a famous person, who would it be? Snoop Dogg. Why should people dream big? Uh, hmm. I mean, I think it's always important to kind of think outside this little bubble that we're so accustomed to living. So yeah, people should dream big so that um, your journey is always evolving and the wheels are always turning and your life is getting better and better. What is your favorite type of cuisine? that's an easy question i love mexican food so much um true or false the best things in life are free i don't know about the best things in life are free but um i love me some coupons and some promotions and i gotta say i've gotten some great things for free you just gotta kind of get your ear out to the deals When was the last time you took a big risk? So I am definitely not the biggest risk taker, I'd say. I um, am a pretty nervous person by nature. uh, So shaking things up terrifies me. But I definitely would have to go with um, the interview I had uh, with... Oz Rodriguez and Mike O'Brien leading up to the AP Bio pilot. Um, little known fact, I guess. Uh, prior to the pilot, usually there are auditions to fill speaking characters. But the extras of a pilot or a TV show are typically chosen just off of a photo. And there's no real other part of the equation. In this instance though, there was a one-on-one interview uh, both myself and Yuya went through this process um, to just fill out the rest of the AP bio classroom that didn't that was not supposed to speak. During this interview uh, I kind of took the rails a little bit. I knew it was a pilot, And I knew there was five days of potential work involved. And at the time, I was like, you know what? Let's meet some amazing people. I knew Mike O'Brien from from Saturday Night Live, and I just thought this would be an amazing opportunity. So I figured this was a win-win situation. I could maybe help keep my health care, which I was at risk of losing that year, but also I thought I could maybe slide in my headshot and resume so that maybe they could pass it on along to castings. So typically these interviews, if they even happen, because they are very, very rare for background actors, um, a company puts full faith in you. And in this case, it was Central Casting, one of the biggest background casting uh, companies there is in Los Angeles and across America, uh, they put the trust in you to be professional in these um, types of situations. And it is very common knowledge that you're not supposed to bring your materials to kind of hustle out. You're not supposed to like try to slip in your mix, your mixtape while you're interviewing for a job to not speak. So I had absolutely no business bringing along my headshot and resume, but I was taking a page out of my good friend Ricky Brown's book. He is fearless, and that day I decided to be fearless, and right before leaving that that interview, I just said, you know, here's my headshot and resume. I would love to I would love for you to take it if you throw it in the trash. Totally understand, but thankfully uh, Rodriguez was gracious and took my headshot and resume and it worked out. I wound up playing Marissa with two S's on AP Bio. What is one thing you wish people knew about background actors? Ooh. Okay, I think the biggest thing I wish people knew just how little information background actors are given before being put on set? What would you like to see happen to Marissa in a potential season four? Okay. I would love to see Marissa continue to step into her power, but I would love for the pendulum to just swing just the opposite direction I th- I think there have been little nuggets of Marissa's odd home life, and that would yeah I would love to see like super unhinged Marissa. Yu Yao Ding wants to know what it was like shooting the Katie Holmes day episode on that cold night in February. Ooh, good question, Yu Yao. So that night, as incredible and magical as it was. Was very challenging for a slew of reasons, but something interesting that I remembered suddenly—like I had forgotten that it happened until I was watching it. That ending moment with uh, the Katie home or like the Katie Holmes monologue—I remember my glasses kept fogging up, and I was like, "Whoa, this is." This is madness. I have a crane, like a giant crane like you see in the movies, just flying at my face, and my glasses kept fogging up. And for someone that was born and raised in Los Angeles, I'm not used to that. I'm not used to seeing my breath. I'm not used to my glasses fogging up for cold. I mean, it was hard, and it was freezing, but it was kind of cool. What is your message for the next generation? Please uh, get to know yourselves. Uh, You have the hardest time, but also the easiest time when it comes to technology. I would say use uh, technology for good and the planet.
2: Oh, Marissa, thank you so much for being so honest about your story and your journey onto AP bio. I am so inspired by that. And you're awesome. I'm so glad you're a part of this family.
3: Yes, yeah, seriously, Marissa. I mean, thinking about how you came onto the show to your incredible performance in this episode, you're killing it. Such an inspiration.
2: Sari, it is hard to believe we started filming season three 10 months ago.
3: <laughs> oh my gosh, don't say that. That is wild.
2: Just when you think back of this experience, what what comes to mind?
3: So many things come to mind. I mean, first of all, I think it's the cast that come to mind and specifically you guys. The student cast is what I love the most about this whole experience and being able to hang out with all of you guys on set and just the amount of inside jokes and adventures we've had together over the past three years. I consider all you guys my closest friends and I feel so lucky to have a cast where we all get along and we love going to set and spending time together, you know? And secondly, having the opportunity to work with such comedic geniuses day in and day out, I don't think there's Nothing can compare to that. I mean, getting to learn from Mike and from Glenn and from Patton. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. I'm just always so grateful for AP Bio. As we say, it is the gift that keeps on giving.
2: You know, Sari, we have covered this entire season from inside and out, but there is – another behind-the-scenes moment I would love to talk about with you. Tell me if you remember this. I remember we were on set one day, but I remember Shelly was on set, Shelly Gossman, our wonderful um, co-executive producer, and... There was a family there who were fans of AP Bio, and Shelly was giving them a tour of the set. A few things ran through my head. I was like, whoa, number one, that's a big deal that this is the show that they wanted to tour. Like, you kind of forget that this show means a lot to people and that this is what they wanted to do. I also was just so impressed with everyone in the student cast dropped what they were doing to make this family feel so at home to make them feel like they could be on our set and, and show them everything. And we, we took pictures with them and it it was just such a beautiful moment that showed the humanity of all of our cast members, how much they wanted to go out of their way to make these people feel loved and special in that moment. And it just was such a great reminder of, of how incredible this cast is and, and how giving and generous they are. And it, I don't know, it just, it made me really happy.
3: Oh, That was such an amazing moment. I'm so glad you brought that one up. I, I remember that moment and being like, this is why we do what we do. It's just bigger than us.
2: Q Beyonce Bigger <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a song by Beyonce guys But we can't afford it So goodbye Bye.
3: And that's all for this episode Thank you to Anu Valia and Marissa Barra For being our special guests And a huge shout out to Hal Dion for his beautiful narration.
2: And please tell everyone you know to binge and rewatch AP Bio, streaming now only on Peacock. And if you have a moment, we would love it if you subscribed to and rated our podcast.
3: Wow. Well, we did it, guys. That's a wrap on this season of AP Bio, the podcast. We just got back your final exams, and y'all passed with flying colors.
2: Before we do our usual sign-off, we have to say a huge thank you to our incredible sound engineer, Trey Booty, and our amazing producer, Katie Wadsworth, for bringing this episode, and honestly, this entire season to life. We couldn't have asked for a better team. And thank you from the bottom of our hearts to Peacock, Stella Coe, Steve Hine, Mike O'Brien, Barbara Stoll, and countless others for believing in us and our vision for this podcast.
3: And an even bigger show- shout out to you guys the fans you are our backbone our inspiration and these episodes are for you we seriously wouldn't be here without you so for the last time i'm sari arambolo
2: and i'm eddie lady
3: and thank you for listening to ap bio the podcast the official podcast of the show
2: see you when we see ya. And there you have it, orphans.
0: Thank you for listening to our crazy tale. Until then, dream big, because that's what Eddie and Sari did. Now, who wants pretzels and salsa?